This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and today we have with us on the phone Sharon and Philip Buss. Now, these are praying and praising people, everyone, and you'll want to get to know them. And they are from the organization that's now called Global Outpouring and formerly was known as End Time Handmaidens and Servants. So, first of all, I'd like to welcome you both, Sharon and Philip. How are you today? Fine, Doing thank very you. well. Great. Great to have you here on Charisma Connection. Now, you had a very interesting name, End Times Handmaidens and Servants. Is it End Time or End, end Times? End Time. End thank Time. You. Okay. All right. So, could you explain a little bit where that name came from and how you all got associated with this great organization? Okay. Um, our founder, Gwen Shaw, was a missionary to China many years ago, went uh, to China in 1947, escaped as the communists were taking over, spent many years working among the Chinese in Taiwan and Hong Kong. And in the early 60s, she was just doing her missionary thing, playing the organ for the church and and uh, interpreting for missionaries as they came through and things like that, and and uh, as a Pentecostal missionary, but there wasn't any great expression of the power of God. And uh, one day a, a missionary from India came through, and she was interpreting for him, and she saw that this mighty power of God was was there in the meetings, and, and they, they were just great manifestations of the Holy Spirit upon the people, and they were having visions, and, and their lives were being transformed. And she said to him, what's the secret of your power? And he said, the Lord gave me a 30-day fast on water, and ever since then, revival fire follows me everywhere I go. And so uh, she sought the Lord for her own fast, and the Lord gave her a fast of 21 days, which is a Daniel Daniel length fast. It's the, the shortest of the prophet length fasts uh, on on diluted fruit juices. You know, so just mm-hmm. you know maybe 20 percent juice and the rest water. And she continued her missionary work and spent time in prayer. And at the end of the fast, God said to her, "Hong Kong is going to be too narrow for the for the ministry I'm going to give you. I'm sending you to the nations." Now, just as a side note, she was very good friends with Ruth Heflin at that time, who was all about the nations. Uh, I, I don't know if you know Ruth, but uh, Sister the name Ruth is was, familiar. Yes, she she was an amazing woman of God and all about the nations from the time she was. She came to Hong Kong as a missionary at, at age eighteen, mm-hmm. and she and Sister Gwen were friends. And she was saying the nations, the nations, and Sister Gwen was saying China, China. But the Lord, after this fast, the Lord said, the nations, the nations, I'm sending you to the nations. So she began to go to the nations, and everywhere she went, revival fire followed her. Hmm. And so she went She went to Indonesia, she went to the Philippines, she went to India, she went to Nigeria, she went to um, Germany, Switzerland, all just nation after nation. And that was in 1963 when she did that fast. And then in 1966... She heard that God was moving in Argentina. She said, Lord, please, I want to have a part of what you're doing. Would you please let me go to Argentina? And so the Lord told her to go there on her birthday. It was like a birthday present. So everywhere she went, revival fire followed her. And 
one night after a tremendous meeting, she went to her, her hotel room and she said, God, why are you using me like this? I'm so human. I make mistakes. I, 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 don't, I don't understand how you can use me. And the Lord spoke to her and said, it's because I know that you will do anything I tell you to do. Hmm. She said, is that all there is to it? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes. She said, you mean anybody can do this? He said, anyone who will obey me. And so she got down on her knees and she travailed. She, she prayed with those groanings that cannot be uttered. She prayed with deep, deep groanings like birthing a baby. And she asked God, oh, God, raise up 10,000 women who will, who will obey you like I do. And we feel like that was the conception in the spirit of this ministry. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to 1971, she was in Chicago. She uh, had a growth in her uterus, and she was uh, hemorrhaging. She realized that she was at the end of her marriage, that her marriage had fallen apart for scriptural reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she was seeking the Lord, and she said, you know, God, this is, this is just too much. Um, it's hard enough being a woman in the ministry. You know, there's so much rejection just as a, as a woman. But a divorced woman, no one will ever want me. And, you know, she had this growth, and she was, she was just saying, okay, I, I'm just going to ask you to take me home. So she began fasting on water alone, and she, she fasted for many, many days. I think it was 21 days. I don't really know for sure how many it was. And she became so weak that she couldn't even get out of bed hardly at all, and, and she had to crawl if she had to get out of bed. And so during that fast, the Lord sent to her a prophet who, who brought her the word of the Lord. You are raised up of God to call out the end time handmaidens. Hmm. So that's and where the name came from. That's where the name came from. And of, of course, it, it, it shows up in the book of Acts chapter 2, where Peter is quoting Joel chapter 2, where the prophet Joel is, is saying, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, uh, and your old men shall see visions, and your young men, sh- your, sorry, your old men shall dream, I, I get it mixed up, sorry. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Uh, upon my servants and upon my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And so that's, that's where the name came from. But she sought the Lord about, you know, okay, so what does that mean for me? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to call out the end-time handmaidens? What does that look like? I don't understand. And the Lord spoke to her and said, uh, I'm, you go about your, your ministry, and when you teach about fasting, I'm going to speak to some people to fast. They're going to, he didn't say it in these words, but this is how we say it these days. They're going to resonate with what you're saying. My spirit in them is going to cause them to, to be awakened, to do this kind of fast. I'm going to call them to the same kind of fast I called you to, and they are going to uh, be anointed like you are. They're going to receive this, this double portion anointing that I've given you. And so that was, that was uh, the beginning of this ministry of End Time Handmaidens. And, of course, you know, she had been on the mission field for so many years, 
And there wasn't anything on the mission field like the IRS, but she learned that she had to incorporate and, and do all of those things that you have to do in order to receive, uh, to receive tax-deductible recognition and all those, those kind of things. And so uh, she went through that process, you know, started an organization. And while she was fasting that, that fast, um, the Lord spoke to Philip's mother, Dorothy Buss, and said, I want you to join Gwen in her fast. So she fasted the 21 days right there and then. So she was the first one to be raised up as an end-time handmaiden. She was uh, an amazing musician and very anointed on the violin and the piano. And and uh, and when when it came time to incorporate and and you know okay you got to have stationery. Uh, Philip, why don't you take up that that piece right there? Well, I was uh, of course it was Bob. It was 1971, and I had my driver's permit. And I remember driving, drove to the printer in the suburb of Chicago and and picking up the stationery. And I remember looking at it, the logo and the angel and all that that was on it. And I never dreamed that someday I would be printing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are part of the uh, publication wing of End Times Handmaidens and Servants, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you've also got the musical bug, I understand. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I came by that honestly. My my mom, of course, was violin and piano, and my dad played banjo and mandolin, mm-hmm. and that. And and so it was. Uh, I didn't have any choice. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was just part of part of my DNA. <laughs> well, that works when it comes to worshiping the Lord. Absolutely. Yes, Amen. So, the ten thousand women who were to become handmaidens. What, what outcome have we seen from that so far? Well, it's interesting. Sister Gwen felt like it would be wrong for us to count, just like mm. David got in trouble for counting the, and having a census, mm-hmm. that it would be wrong for us to count because you don't really know even who, who is doing it because it's a bandwagon thing mm-hmm. and who is doing it because God has really spoken to them. So we we've never counted. I know that that there are thousands, and they're they're in many places in the world, um, but we've never we've never actually counted. Um, and interestingly, shortly, well, I guess it would have been in the late seventies, mid seventies, maybe, that um, one of the a, a brother came to her, a man came to her and said, I see the anointing that is in my wife's life since she has fasted 21 days. And I want I want that anointing in my life. Can I fast and become a handmaiden too? <laughs> and she said, well... He wasn't scared of the name. <laughs> he wasn't scared of the name. It was amazing. And and he's a real macho kind of a man too. Hmm. Yeah. And, and he... Uh, so Sister Gwen took it to the Lord, and the Lord said, any man who will recognize the anointing in my daughters and will not try to lord it over them just because he's a man, but is willing to come under this humble name of end-time handmaidens, they can be end-time servants. Mm-hmm. And so um, God has raised up many men in this ministry now. Uh, so it's it's gone way beyond the, the 10,000 women into... I don't know what the number is, but but men and women both. And then shortly thereafter, uh, there was a a young gal that that came to Sister Gwen and said, I want to fast too. Well, this girl's 
uh, mother wasn't really saved, wasn't really walking with the Lord, and knew the things of God, but but wasn't walking with the Lord. And and uh, she she said, "Honey, I don't think your mother would be happy if I would let you fast twenty one days while you're visiting us. I just don't think that would go over very well." So she sought the Lord on that, and the Lord said to to her, "The children can fast three days and become junior handmaidens and servants." And when they when they reach the age of eighteen, or you know, before they reach the age of eighteen, even if if they feel led to fast the twenty one days, then they can become um, full fledged handmaidens and servants. Okay, and now you are called Global Outpouring. That's yes. the new name of your organization. How did that come about? Well, Ed, that's an interesting story too. Um, every year we have what we have called for years our World Convention, and that started in 1976. Um, I, I was privileged to the Lord to be at that convention, and uh, that, that's another story. Maybe we'll get into it. Maybe we won't. But um, on this, this latest one that we had last July, one of our speakers who is a seer, he's from South Africa, his name is Etienne Blom, and he's... He's been walking closely with us the last few years at, since Sister Gwen passed in, in uh, 2013. And he's been an advisor to us and, and you know, really sees things in the spirit in a, in a very literal way. And he was about to come to the platform and, and uh, speak to us during this convention, and he saw a banner flying by that said, Facelift. Okay. He said, he said Lord. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and and the Lord said, the end time handmaidens need a facelift. Hmm. It's time for them to, you know, come up into the the current times. Okay. And you know what what it, what happened? I'll just give you a little of the backstory. Is that in in 1990 when Sister Gwen was about to celebrate her jubilee in the ministry. Mm-hmm. Or fifty years 50 in the ministry, years. She, uh-huh. was, she was planning to take a a sabbatical on, on the begin a sabbatical on the anniversary of her entering the ministry, and I think she counted it from when she left for China in 1947. Um, no, it must that that doesn't work numbers wise. It, but anyway, she, when, whenever she it was fifty years in 1990, and so <clears throat> she. She was seeking the Lord about that, and we had a, a terrible fire that burned down our administration building. Oh, my. And, and everything was under one roof. Everything, our offices, our recording, our school of ministry, our bookstore, our print shop, which Philip was running at the time, and um, just everything went down, everything, in one night. That must have been a shock. Oh, it was yeah. devastating absolutely devastating and sister gwen just reeled from it but she went ahead and took her her sabbatical you know that wasn't the way she intended to start a sabbatical though right and so when she came out of her sabbatical all she could think of was the nations the nations i've got to go to the nations and she'd been going to the nations but she'd also been spending time in the united states and you know the the majority of the handmaidens and servants were here in the united states so uh, when, when her sabbatical was over, she quit going to the United States mostly and, and you know, just maybe went to two or three different places 
annually, and then um, then the rest of her time she was going to the nations and nations and nation after nation after nation. In all, she went to 115 nations. In, mm, in that's ministry. amazing. And, uh, yeah, she racked really up amazing. a few uh, miles, didn't she? Oh, yes. Many, 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 yeah. many miles. <laughs> and so she was, uh, you know, she saw the, the burden for preaching the gospel to every creature. You know, that, that was, and, and that made sense. It was, it was important. But the, the group that was here in the States was uh, not being built up with younger people. So the, the ones that were already established as handmaidens and servants, and, and we had a number of branches of handmaidens and servants around the country, but they weren't bringing in younger people. And so uh, when, when Etienne Blom came back to our, came here to our headquarters, with, which you mentioned is called the Valley of the Angels, that was the name that the Lord gave to Sister Gwen when they moved here in 1974, um, and he, when he came here the first time, he said, I, there's only one other place that I've seen so many angels, and that's Moravian Falls. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of angelic activity going on in this place. Hmm. So um, he, he came here for an event that we had last September. Uh, we, he, he came along with Bobby Connor. We called it the Sons of God Gathering. And by the way, they will be coming again in this coming September. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he said he got up to the platform and he said i'm going to drop a bomb on you he he said god has shown me that you have to get rid of the name end time and i'm going what uh, he and he says he says uh, the problem is that people have begun to see this as an end time as in end of life group Oh, like I see. You, you, and, and, until you don't you don't become an end time handmaiden until you're old. And well, <laughs> you did need a rebranding then. Yeah, exactly. And and funny uh, enough, one of our one of our end time servants that's on our staff here had had gone to the VA for his checkup uh, right before the convention this this past year and. The doctor, you know, you get a different doctor every time you go to the VA. And, and mm-hmm. so he's looking at his chart. He says, oh, end time handmaidens. What's that? Some kind of end of life hospice life care group? <laughs> you know, what is this? And so we were realizing that people don't understand end times anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. There's a whole lot of people that are completely clueless. And I'll, I'll just give you a little a little background from my perspective. Um, I'm... I'm almost 62, and uh, when I was entering kindergarten, that was the time when the Bible and prayer had been taken out of schools. My class was the first one to go all the way through school without official Bible reading and prayer. Mm -hmm. So anybody 62 and under, if they didn't get the Bible and prayer at home, or in their church, they don't have any kind of grid for morality. Mm, and exactly. so that, that, that helps you to understand why our nation has, has lost its, its moral compass, mm. because we took Bible out of the schools and, and prayer out of the schools, um, you know, officially. It's always been legal for, for students to pray and for students to have Bible on their own, but they couldn't, 
They could have Bible clubs, but they couldn't teach it as a, as a subject. They couldn't have Bible reading. So um, we, we're in this place and time where people don't understand end times anymore. They don't understand. I mean, there was a little bit of a scare 20 years ago when Y2K was coming up and and, you know, we have this turn of the millennium. Is this the end of the world? And, right. you know, it was so funny. We would have calls from from uh, uh, magazines and newspapers yeah. saying, you know, we want to interview you about this end of the world. You know, it's a new millennium. <laughs> and, and when I got those calls, I'd say, wait a minute. The end times began with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Because you know, and you really said, confused them. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand years ago, <laughs> and and here we are in twenty twenty, and we're dealing with the coronavirus. Are you getting yes. calls again? <laughs> um, we have been busy preaching and teaching and praying about that. We've we've put things out on our Facebook uh, page just yesterday. We we had a a good time of prayer and. Uh, um, prayer and exhortation about that and uh, on our Facebook page and then also on our our YouTube channel we've been broadcasting prayer and exhortation about hey this is something for the body of Christ to rise up and shine mm-hmm. arise and shine this is your this is your time to shine this is your if you're not if you're not walking in the spirit like you need to be walking in the spirit this in this time of of being sequestered, being uh, holed up in your homes. Take time to have an appointment with God. Have a time of prayer. Have a time of fasting. Get into your Bible. Turn off the television. Turn off all those YouTube videos, unless they're feeding your spirit. It's time for us to start walking as spirit-filled people, filled with the Holy Spirit, like, like John G. Lake was, you know, in, in his day. He he could he could take uh, the bubonic plague in his hand and it would die in his hand, because he said, "I believe that that if I am lined up with if my soul is lined up with the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death." Just like uh, Romans, tw- uh, sorry, Romans eight two says, "We we are designed by God." to walk in the same way, that, in the same authority that Adam and Eve had before they fell. And Jesus came to, to this earth and walked on this earth, releasing that kind of power, demonstrating what the, what the life that's connected with our Father is meant to be, that Spirit-filled life. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was fathered by the Holy Spirit. And he poured out his Spirit on all flesh on the day of Pentecost, and that's that's um, getting back to our global outpouring name change. Um, that's where we're supposed to be in these days. Uh, as as we were waiting on, shall I get back to that story? Uh, yes, go ahead. Okay, so um, as we were waiting on the Lord about the the facelift already back in July, we're saying, Father, what does it look like? What do you, what do you want us to change? What do you want us to let go of? We need to let go of things. And the Lord gave one of our handmaidens, Rona Spiropolis, uh, a vision, and she saw a shield. And on the shield was written Joel 2.28. And down below it, it said mandate. So 
we're praying about, Lord, what does that mean? Uh, wait a minute. Joel 2.28 talks about the outpouring on, on all flesh and, and sons and daughters prophesying and, and old, men's have, old men having dreams and young men having visions. It doesn't say anything about the handmaidens. This was before he said, you've got to lose the in amen time. It doesn't say anything about handmaidens and servants. And I thought, well, we, we, better, we better tack on verse 29. Well, I had to repent for trying to tack on something that the Holy Spirit didn't give. <laughs> yeah. But, but as, as we were waiting on the Lord after this uh, bombshell that Etienne Blom dropped on us in September, we were in a time of fasting at the beginning of November. And I said, Lord, we've got to have, we've got to have a word from you. We've got to have clarity on this. What are you trying to tell us? What do, what's our new name? Are we supposed to be end-time sons and daughters? No, you said not end-time. But, but sons and daughters is what's in, in, this, uh, in this verse. It doesn't say anything about handmaidens and servants. Uh, it does, surely it's not about old men and young men uh, and dreaming dreams and visions. What is it, Lord? What is it? And, but for years I've been saying, look, if we as the end-time handmaidens don't pray through about this outpouring that, that is, is coming, we've, there's, there's more outpouring. That was the beginning. That was the beginning of what God wanted to do. And so um, what is it that, that, that we need to pray into? We need to pray into the outpouring. So as I was meditating on this and praying before the Lord in November, I realized that all of those things that are part of this are a result of the outpouring, the prophesying, the dreams, the visions. It's a result of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord, interestingly, uh, because of, of the, the Septuagint, you know, which is the, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, which yes. was, was the Scripture version that most of the people were using in New Testament times. The, there's a little bit different wording that comes across, coming out uh, into English out of the Greek version compared to out of the Hebrew version. So... Um, it says in the in the book of Acts version, um, it, it it shall come to pass in in the last days. Mm-hmm. I will pour out of my spirit, and it also says, I will pour out of the spirit of me. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it reads in the Greek. I will pour out of the spirit of me. And so I, I, was, I was meditating on, on this, this spirit of, of God himself. It's the spirit of me, the Lord said. So I was meditating on this. I said, I think this has to do with the outpouring. And it's on all flesh. Is it supposed to be outpouring international? And so when I took it to our board of directors and, and we prayed together about it, uh, one of the brothers stepped up and said, you know, I think it's supposed to be global outpouring. And as I looked into the word international, that can mean as few as two nations. You know, you can have an international airport that has one flight to Mexico <laughs> or to Canada. Yes, and I think I live next to one of those. <laughs> exactly. It, that makes it an international airport. Mm-hmm. So, so we felt like it had to be global. It has to be about the whole earth the whole of, of humanity. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we, we decided to kind of test this. Is this the right name? And we went out to the Internet to look to see if those domain names might be available, and every single one of them was. So, you know, we, we got globaloutpouring.org. We got globaloutpouring.com. We got globaloutpouring.net. <laughs> and so, so um, that was the beginning of, of this new name. And as I waited on the Lord that day, I'm thinking, Lord, does this, what does this mean? Are are we still going to encourage people to fast? Are we still going to are we still going to have a, a time of dedication that that we've always done for those who fast? And so the the Lord showed me in this time of waiting on Him that that yes, we are to continue to encourage people to fast because you know Jesus said, if any man would be my disciple, let him deny himself. Mm-hmm. and take up his cross and follow me. And one of the most significant ways that you deny yourself is in fasting. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely yeah. a denial. But, but God gives, gives that as a gift, and, and that's where it's so important that, that when we're waiting on him for an appointment with God, that we're asking him to give us that as a gift. That's the way the, the, the brothers spoke to Sister Gwen back in, in Hong Kong. The Lord gave me a fast. And the Lord gave Sister Gwen a fast. And then, you know, it, all, all of these handmaidens that were resonating with, with this message, the Lord gave me a fast. And the, the Hebrew word for fast is tzwum. And it literally means to cover the mouth. Hmm. And so I can tell when the Lord is, is dealing with me about fasting, it's like, it's like I feel his hand coming over my mouth. And it's not like sometimes he'll completely take away your hunger, but sometimes he doesn't. And, and even when I'm hungry, I can feel that hand of God over my mouth in the spirit realm. I'm not talking about literally in, in, in my flesh, but I can feel it in my spirit. And it's like there's nothing about that food, no matter how, how good it smells or how tasty it looks, there's nothing in it that appeals to me because my spirit is now rising up to, to over, overrule my flesh. And that's, that's the time that we're living in, that God is calling us to walk in that place where we are obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen. As many as as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. That's what God is is saying in in uh, well, excuse me, Paul is is saying from the Spirit of God in Romans eight fourteen that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, and this is this is what God is calling us up to be. And I I believe that in the dropping off of the handmaidens and servants. It really is a call to, to rise up into that more mature place. Uh, that, that verse in Romans 8.14, the word sons there is the word yos in Greek, and it means mature sons. These are sons that have walked with their father in the family business up into probably about the age of 30 or so, where they've walked with their father long enough to learn the family business, learn how daddy feels about things, learn how he does business, 
learn what his heart is towards new customers and, and new people that are coming to him for business and, and how he writes a contract and, and all of these kinds of things. And, and in, in, biblical, in biblical Israel, at the age of 30, a father would bring his sons, his, his son at the age of 30, he would bring him to the elders at the gate. And he would say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. In other words, you can do business with my son in the same way that you would do business with me. You can go to him to make contracts. He's got the checkbook. You know, he's holding the purse. He can do business on my behalf. I've brought him up in the business. He knows what he's doing now. And so that's the mature sons that are are walking in that anointing of their father, knowing their father's heart. And by the way, that act, that act of bringing the son to the elders and saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, in that culture was called adoption. Oh, I it's, see. That's mm-hmm. the word that's translated adoption in the New Testament, talking mm-hmm. about the adoption of sons and how, how we cry, Abba, Father, because we've had that experience of this adoption of sons where we've walked with him. We know him. We've had this intimate relationship with him. And, and that's what God is trying to, to encourage us to walk into in these days. And I believe that's, that's the, the calling that's on this ministry. That's very powerful. I see that you have uh, what might be called a mission statement on your website, uh, that you are a company of committed, Holy Spirit-filled believers in Jesus Christ with a vision for the nations dedicated to prayer and fasting for the building of the kingdom of God. And I think that says it all. I mean, it's very succinctly about what you stand for. So uh, we want to uh, close out with your website, which you said is globaloutpouring.org. If they go to .com, they can find you too, apparently. Absolutely. (laughs) Or even if they go to your older uh, URL. But... um, we want to thank you both for being with us. Sharon Buss, president of, of I want to say End Time Handmaidens, but it's now a global outpouring, and uh, Philip Buss, who is a vice president. So we appreciate both of you being with us today on the phone from Jasper, Arkansas, or as we said, the Valley of Angels. Thank you so much. It's thank really you. been a pleasure. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us here on Charisma Connection. And be sure to check out our website, cpnshows.com, for our growing network of podcasts. And there's a couple of interesting ones on there I noticed recently. Kingdom Ready with Pastor Todd Smith and Make Life Matter with Angela Donatio. So check those out and also take note of Charisma Audio at the top of the CPN Show's website. And you can learn how to listen to Charisma Magazine on audio instead of only reading it in print. So sign up to listen in the spirit today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.